0: Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Let's get into some of our topics today, beginning with last night's NBA lottery on ESPN. The second pick will be made by the Memphis Grizzlies, and that means that the number one pick in the 2019 NBA draft goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. I have a lot to say about this. It's good thing you have a microphone in your face. Oh, my. First of all, okay, congratulations to the Pelicans. The Knicks get the third pick. And I'm sure Knicks fans are like, man, not again. But what's even more surprising is that the Lakers got the fourth pick. When you say more surprising, the Knicks
1: only had a sixteen percent, a fourteen percent chance at, the, at chance? number one, so it's really right. not all that surprising.
0: Yeah, but uh, but still, no, I'm t- well, I'm saying more surprising <laughs> is that the Lakers. The, the Lakers now. had a two percent
1: chance at number one, but certainly they were one of the teams that moved up. And when you had Lakers and Knicks still alive with four to go, you're like, oh boy, like yeah, if you he, could
2: see Adam Silver salivating yeah, I mean, when there was four yeah. teams left. We, for we've sure. gone
1: this, we've gone this far, by the way, and haven't even said the name Zion Williamson yet, but he you See his face when it was obvious. <laughs> well, once the Lakers and the Knicks were out, like it was Memphis or New Orleans, did you see Zion? It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, I feel
0: for him. He said, You know back.
1: what? No, he's gonna you know, I'm gonna call Eli Manning and see what was it he said. I'm not going to San Diego, like I'm just not going. You know, like, could you see? Didn't Elway do that a long time ago? Could you see Zion saying, I'm not going, like I don't want to do it? Trade me, you have to trade his. I mean, his marketability would take a hit right off the bat where you're just sort of dictating,
2: but he's still going to make tons of cash, so does he care? How much does it affect his marketability? I mean, LeBron James was... The best comparison in my mind to what Zion yeah. is hype-wise, he went to a small city in, in Cleveland and has yeah, he's done... From Akron. Has so done very well for to himself. Be, but he
1: wanted to be right.
2: there. Sure, but I, I almost feel as though at this point, you know, you're going to get the big shoe deal regardless of where you're playing and gonna you're get on the national big shoe TV deal. There are
1: folks who said early on, some, some of the marketers I talked to said it'll cost him a few million bucks just okay. because of the regional. If, if he had been in New York, it'd be a few million early on. Overall, long-term, if he's a great player and they win... Uh, He's in an international icon. You make all your money. Sure. Plenty of opportunities, but it's all predicated on playing
0: well and winning. Why do we have the lottery system in the first place? And then they change. So teams stuff. don't tank. Well, but they tank now. They, they're still tanking.
1: Yes, they are. They are, but not as badly. I mean, if you, this year, if you had no lottery in place and I'm being serious about this, you have for discussion. If there was no lottery, and Zion or LeBron or a LeBron was available. Do you doubt that there's a team that would shoot for 0 and 82?
0: I bet you they, they would put the B team out on the floor. Right. You know, And cause...
1: that's really bad for the league. Like that doesn't quite happen now. Like you're sort of, you're sort of, well, I'll rest some play, But an overt, we don't care. That's the situation you would have.
0: I just putting it to chance like this, and they and they've changed it because it used to be what they had a twenty five percent chance yeah. if you were the Knicks, and then they changed all of this. Yeah. But but that's my point is like why leave this the chance? Can't you set some rule system up to where to avoid the tanking? But at the same time too, if we see you purposely tanking, you're not gonna get rewarded. There's gotta be some system well, to they,
1: be I think, this system. This is, I think this is the system. system. This, is, this, this, is the system. system. this is you're By right, the way, no and This team, team, is the answer. No team, yeah. since the lottery's been there, no team with the best chance at number one has gotten it. So really you shouldn't be tanking because <laughs> no team with the best chance has ever gotten the number one pick.
2: Yeah, it does make you wonder if you know NBA teams look at this lottery and say, This is the biggest star we've had under this league in in, in 10 years plus. The team that got him was a team that had a six percent chance in the lottery. Maybe this idea of racing to the bottom is no longer the, maybe the right approach. Right. Um, and going back to the idea for for Zion Williamson, you know, this may not fully hurt his value all that much. I do think from a league wide perspective, this is a bad result. For the NBA, right? The, I big, mean, the big loser on the night was the NBA. Yeah, it, it may being in a small market isn't terrible for Zion himself, but putting Zion, if this makes sense, LA putting him York, in a small market yeah. actually is a bad thing. I think for the NBA. Boom.
0: On to our next topic, the NCAA is creating a working group to address legislation surrounding the name image and likeness rights of student athletes
2: yeah this is an interesting one uh, earlier this week the NCA announced that it was putting together this working group uh, to look at this idea of, explore the idea of whether a college athlete should be able to be paid for their their name image and likeness which in simple terms means be able to market themselves um, and this sounds like a great step forward until you read the rest of the release when it says the group will not consider any concepts that will be construed as payment for participation in college sports uh, now there's two ways to read that right Right? The cynical way to read that is, listen, the NCAA loves nothing more than to put together a working group that will come <laughs> together, meet for six months, and then come out and say that you know the current rules are pretty much exactly what they want and maybe loosen one or two things. Uh, that's the cynical way to look at it. The positive way to look at that is saying that, look, they don't want to pay for participation in college sports directly, which means that they don't want Alabama paying what $10,000 per month to a recruit, but... They might be able to open the door so that when you're a star in college sports, if you're Johnny Manziel winning Heisman Trophies at Texas A&M, you can sign a local deal with the, the car dealership. You can sign a deal with, with maybe Nike. You can market yourself and make money off of your own popularity. Uh, and for folks who follow college sports a lot, this is exactly the idea that Ed O'Bannon tried to get to in his lawsuit uh, against the NCAA and, and bringing in EA Sports for their use of players' names, images, and, and jersey numbers, etc., in the in in the college sports video games uh, this would be if the NCAA was willing to loosen its restrictions here would be a monumental step forward in college athletes being able to see a piece of the billions of dollars they generate
1: producer Colin Tipton can we get a time on the on how long Evan just had like spoke without anybody <laughs> interrupting My n- like 45. I was reading some emails I, I actually read three emails and sent two he's got well, passion He's got he's got passion on the college <laughs> sports. No, no, that, that <laughs> was that, oh, that was, was great. Good. Keep going, Evan. Yeah, like wasn't it. Val Ackerman the chair of this working
2: group? Our friend Val Ackerman. Yeah, commissioner of the Big East, so Val Ackerman, I, I which Val. is a good. Yeah. I love Val. I, For
1: I, sure, I, that's somebody in college sports. By the way, a a conference that doesn't have football, or it's not big time football, doesn't stress football. If I wanted change in college sports. I would like somebody like Val Ackerman included in a working group that's trying to come up with solutions.
2: Agreed. And if I was a betting man, this is, in my opinion, the most likely next window in terms of kind of chiseling away yeah. at the amateurism model, letting players be able to market themselves while in college, which technically is them getting paid for their
1: talents. You know I like this, this particular thing that they're looking at? Because when we talk about players, you got to decide who's going to make the money – we're really only talking about a handful of players on the biggest team that realistically can make decent coin. Sure, you get the guys in the local markets, can do the local car dealer thing. I get it. But we're really only talking about a handful of college football players, the rest of these nameless, faceless guys that fill out a football team. So by letting those star players—I still go back to Johnny Manziel because he was so big when he was playing at A&M. Uh, fine! That, that really ends the conversation. If Johnny Manziel can go out there and pitch his likeness and make five million bucks, great. Let him do it. Then you soften the argument everybody else has, like you're not treating these players fairly. Because college football, like it or not, is, like some other leagues, a star-driven game. You sell those jerseys, those faces are everywhere. It's Manziel and the Aggies, all that.
0: And most importantly, it's a business. Yes. And people have to realize that. And especially these athletes, they're putting in. What if they get hurt? Maybe we're way? maybe we're part of the problem because we always talk about the big four sports leagues. Mm, should yeah. we
1: lump it? Like, should we just say, you know what, we got to add college sports, basketball and football too? The big six. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Look at those TV deals, the
2: big six. Yeah, I mean, if the NBA nine billion dollars in revenue, right? College sports, Division One writ large, is if you factor in all all the the different numbers, it is up there as well.
0: And moving on to our final item today with the legalization of sports betting, it looks like ESPN has plans to create programming for gamblers. Or let's put it in other terms, what am I watching tonight? Start the
1: to
2: stopwatch on Mr. Novi Williams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel a little deja vu here uh, in that the way I felt. A year ago, when it seemed like every podcast we were talking about a new streaming deal between Twitter and the NHL or Facebook and MLB, there was this big rush for sports leagues, big and small, to get their content on direct uh, digital providers. That's where we are right now with sports sports betting. I feel like every podcast we're talking about another big media company partnering with a casino or another big league partnering with an operator. just seems like there, there's so much going on in this world.
1: If I see one more person who purportedly knows about this, say, well, times have changed. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go nuts. I swear to you, I'm going to go bonkers. I just can't. And I know Twitter's a small sample size, but it's a lot of industry folks, you know, reporters who should know better. Well, you know, boy, another deal sign. Well, times have changed, bar. No, you don't say. Thanks so much. Captain mu- Obvious. Yeah, no, I'm not going to name the person, but I t- somebody yesterday on Twitter, somebody in the industry had put something like, well, wow, boy, you know, you got teams in Las Vegas, and they're putting this in Vegas, and they're going to put that. Boy, times have changed. And yes, but I looked over at Evan and I said, I was there in 2007 when the NBA had its all-star game in Las Vegas. 2007. Yeah. So, you know, let's just say some folks, it's not a surprise that Adam Silver was the one who wrote that op-ed in the New York Times and told us, <laughs> you know,
2: maybe we should take another look
1: at this whole sports betting thing. Yes, it, it's not a revolution; it's an evolution. But we're getting there.
2: There are two major players in the in the nationwide broadcasting of, of, of live sports one being Fox and the other being ESPN. And in the past week, we've seen both of them kind of lay out their plans. And we talked last week about Fox, which bought a 5% stake in in an operator called Stars Group and is launching its own platform. ESPN took Fox the milk. Bet.
1: Fox bought the cow.
2: Yeah, ESPN yeah. going a, a very different route. This week, they, they partnered, as you said, Michael, a deal with Caesars. Uh, it does not involve any equity taking place. There's not, at least now, going to be ESPN bet as a platform. Uh, they are building a studio in one of the Caesars Las Vegas uh, locations, so they can can produce more content around gaming uh, around gambling Um, certainly more so than just their the tv show they launched recently you're going to see more coverage of it kind of ancillary around the things that espn does but if you listen to bob Iger, he is adamant that they are not going to become a sports book they are not going to become a platform anytime i'm glad
1: you mentioned Iger because yeah we always need to look up to the top of the mountain you still got mickey mouse and on the other side You know, you got Bob Iger, the Disney CEO, so it's Mickey Mouse. And on the other side, you've got the Murdochs, who have always taken risks. That's what I like to see. And by the way, at the Fox up front, you know, sports is always a part of something, the Fox upfront, they're all in on sports. Like more than half of that upfront, you had the WWE stars, hmm. you had you had A-Rod was there, you had all the football guys. Especially were there. now, in the new leader yeah, fox. It, it's it's Fox sports and news. You know, yes, they have to have some new scripted stuff, but the sports is being used to promote it all. So there you go. Murdoch versus versus the mouse.
0: This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Sosnick and Evan Novi williams We are
2: here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Amy Latimer, president of the TD Garden up in Boston. She's having uh, quite a playoffs right now.
0: You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you get your podcast.